Hey guys, we're back here with Autumn and Chaz from paleovalley.com. And if you don't know about them, they have these amazing 100% grass-fed, grass-finished beef sticks. And they're going to tell you about these today. Autumn, tell us a little more about Paleo Valley. At Paleo Valley, we pride ourselves in making the most nutrient-dense, highest-quality products out there. And for that reason, we use 100% grass-fed and grass-finished beef, which is actually very, very rare. But research has shown that it has higher levels of vitamins and minerals, a more favorable fatty acid ratio, which actually reduces inflammation while conventional beef promotes inflammation and it also has higher levels of antioxidants like glutathione. Yeah, and another thing just to add to that, the way that we process our sticks is incredibly unique. As far as we know, we're the only people that are doing this. We ferment them. So there's a little ingredient and in a lot of beef sticks out there, even the healthy ones called encapsulated citric acid. It's basically GMO based and it's wrapped in hydrogenated yeah. oil and it's yeah. very inflammatory, not good for you. So instead, we ferment ours old world style it allows us to make them shelf stable and preserves them without the use of that little crappy ingredient. As a result, there's 1 billion CFUs of probiotics. So there's actually some gut health benefits to it as well. Well, you heard it here first, you guys. They do it old school and they have four delicious flavors all for you at paleovalley.com. And if you use the coupon code Jimmy at checkout, you'll get 20% off your order. Paleo Valley. America has a new favorite protein bar, and it's the chocolate chip cookie dough bar from Quest Nutrition. Each Quest bar contains 21 grams of protein, is packed with 14 grams of fiber, and has just one gram of sugar. Visit their website, questnutrition.com, to find their full selection of bars, shakes, chips, and more. And coming soon, don't miss the special keto line of products that have been under development for the past two years. Again, give them a try at questnutrition.com. Coming up in episode 1306, Dr. Anthony J. Connecting and educating and making the world a more informed and healthier place. You're listening to the Live in La Vida Low Carb Show with Jimmy Moore. You've helped change so many lives and give us all the courage to take on the rest of the world. This is the longest running health podcast on the air today. You've done so much to spread the word about how diet matters. Over 1,000 episodes strong and counting. The amount of life that you've changed at this point is incalculable. And now, here's our host and international best-selling author. You're like the LL Cool J of podcasting. Jimmy Moore. Hey, hey guys. We're back here on the Live in La Vida Low Carb Show with Jimmy Moore. And today, I am very privileged to welcome to the podcast a gentleman by the name of Dr. Anthony J. He has a PhD in biochemistry, is the president of an international medical nonprofit based out of Boston, that trains medical students and doctors all over the world. He's the author of a best-selling book on artificial estrogen chemicals and is an expert on hormones, fats, and cholesterol. The book is called Estrogeneration, How Estrogenics Are Making You Fat, Sick, and Infertile. And that's what we're going to talk about here today on the podcast. Anthony, welcome to the show, bud. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, you've been out there doing your thing uh, a little bit under the radar. I had not heard of you until you started engaging me on social media. You're pretty active on Instagram and, and various places online, but I hadn't really heard about you before. Tell us a little more of your story, how you got interested in biochemistry and and what you're doing now. Yeah, thanks. Well, I, I used to do Alzheimer's research. So straight out of college, I actually went to Boston specifically to do research. 
And I started in Alzheimer's and it was just so much fun. And, and it was so interesting that I just, I was actually, the idea was to go to medical school, you know, get a couple of years of research and go to medical school. Yeah. But instead I was just enjoying myself so much. I, I decided to go and do my PhD in biochemistry. I started researching fat. I did my whole 315 page thesis on fats and cholesterol. Wow. And of course I stumbled into all this artificial estrogen, this big, huge problem, and nobody's talking about it. I mean, people are mentioning, you know, people know about BPA, people know about a few of these chemicals, but, and they don't know why, you know, a lot of people are going BPA free, but they don't realize BPA is bad because it acts like estrogen in your body. And there's a lot of other chemicals like that. So I, I gave a talk about that in Florida and uh, at a conference and mm-hmm. people, people were so, you know, uh, interested in it that I started doing more and more research and then I put the book together from there. So what you didn't say about your bio is that you actually have, and you're one of those people, you have a double major in biology and theology as well as a double minor in chemistry and classics. Now, I nope. thought I had a weird kind of combo. Mine was poli-sci and English double major. But, uh, dude, you take the cake for for best double major, double minor. Yeah, it's it's kind of unrelated, but it's what I'm interested in. And, and the classics makes a little bit of sense because it's Greek, and, it's Greek and Latin. Ah. So that ties them together a little bit. Theology, you know, you read the Bible in Greek. Of course. And... Uh, yeah, and then of course all the the nomenclature for science is either Greek or Latin, so it works. But <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got biology and chemistry, and even theology kind of uh, applies somewhat to this conversation as well, because God made it all. So <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well, let's get into it a little deeper because uh, many of the health problems you told me this uh, in preparation for the interview. Many of the health problems that people deal with today are directly linked to these artificial estrogens. So I'm a big believer in defining terms, being crystal clear about what we're talking about. So why don't you tell us what these artificial estrogens are and then how they're related to pretty much all the health problems we're dealing with? Yeah, so artificial estrogens are basically just chemicals that bind your estrogen receptor. So what that means is, you know, you have receptors throughout your body that are sticking out that are prepared to bind estrogen. And, you know, these chemicals going throughout your bloodstream can grab onto that receptor and act like estrogen in your body. So they cause estrogen-like health problems, including lower testosterone. You see a lot of depression. Uh, you see infertility, of course, and fat you know, that's a big one. You see a yeah. lot of fat gains, fat storage. They store in the fat. I actually call it the fat. I call it the estrogenic paradox. And, I, and what, that, what, I, what I mean by that is these chemicals cause fat gains and they store in the fat. So it becomes even harder to lose fat when you've got these chemicals storing in the fat. And so are these so, chemicals yeah, these are coming? Problems. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Are, are these chem- chemicals coming from environmental things? Is it coming from the foods we eat? Where, where are the chemicals coming from? Mostly food and personal care products. Yeah. So, like all this, these lotions and things people rub on their skin, uh, oh. and then crappy garbage probably carries a lot of this stuff. Uh, we're not talking about real food that you go to the farmer's market and get. It's stuff that it's industrialized food, right? 
for sure processing yeah and 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 mold you know one of my top 10 i have a top 10 list of artificial estrogens one of them is mold estrogen mycoestrogen and our food our mass produced food industry today of course has more more mold than ever and it's not really regulated the way it should be because over in europe they have strict regulations on mold estrogen and even in the cattle feed but here in the United, in the U.S., we don't regulate it at all, including the human food, and it's it's insane. But it's there, and it's a problem, and it, it causes these other problems. But I think parabens are a big one that you you know you talk about personal care products. You yes. see parabens, yeah. you see phthalates, even red food coloring. Unfortunately, acts like estrogen in our body. So it's strange, but I find obviously you see that in food, but you see that even in soaps and things. And I you know I don't like rubbing this stuff on my skin because. You know, if you think about testosterone or hormone creams, these go through your skin. They, they're, they're what scientists call lipophilic or hydrophobic, which means, you know, they're afraid of water. They float on top of water. So, you know, they, they go through your skin fairly readily. Wow. Yeah. So some people <laughs> may be listening to this, Anthony, and saying, okay, so we can't live life because this stuff is all around us. How do you avoid all of these artificial estrogens that seem to be dominant in society? How would you respond to people that are skept- uh, skeptics of what you're saying here today? Oh, I mean, it's not that difficult to remove parabens and phthalates and BPA from your, your environment. Right. I mean, especially in your personal care products. It's, it, co- it costs a little bit more up front, but I think in the long term, you're saving a lot of your health you know, your healthcare costs. So it's worth it. And at, at least people are putting a lot of this on the labels now, whereas it used to, it used to be, uh, and unfortunately not all of it's on the labels, you know, phthalates, for example, these companies are allowed to put those under the term perfume. Ah, so they're not sometimes regulated you see this very word. well. That's right. Yeah. Because it's supposedly like a secret ingredient, like a secret formula. So and they don't pro- have to reveal proprietary. They're like, Oh, we don't want to give away <laughs> no. proprietary information. Yeah, that's proprietary right. uh, crap. I don't want that on yeah, my skin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. They use that loophole to put in a bunch of cheap fillers and things. Yeah, that sounds yeah. like what they're doing with uh, what natural flavor uh, yeah. in food is the same yeah. way. Uh, we right. found out that like beaver's glands can be natural flavoring. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's yeah. it's natural. All right. I don't know <laughs> if I naturally want to put it in my mouth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, at least companies, there's good companies out there that you can trust and I don't make any money from any of them, but I, you know, you, you can find the labels where it says BPA-free, phthalate-free, paraben-free. Yeah. It's getting a little tedious. I usually tell people what I really would like to see is estrogenic-free yes. on the label because that, that encompasses a lot of these chemicals that are so harmful in these products. You know, they probably don't put that on there because most of the consuming population wouldn't even know what that means. So right. people know BPA-free. I just bought my Nisa cup the other day to hold some water and it said bpa free and yeah uncle jimmy what's bpa mean and went, oh boy here we go so yep, but at yep. least most people do understand what those things mean uh whereas estrogenic free well i didn't know there was estrogen in anything that i was buying like that so <laughs> that's true yeah and that's one of the reasons i'm out there you know doing podcasts like crazy and educating people because i hope it becomes a more commonplace understanding yeah and then here's something about BPA. You know, you sure. get these BPA-free products. And I was just doing research on this because uh, my uncle told me there's BPA in the aluminum soda cans. Really? And I said, I, I don't know. You know, like, 
you maybe read a news article or something, but I got to research this. And of course, sure enough, it's in there. And I couldn't believe it because apparently if you don't put the the BPA in this along the aluminum lining, yeah. it, it corrodes and you actually get holes in the aluminum. <laughs> yeah, so and, it acts and, as a buffer zone so it doesn't corrode the can. Yeah, and, and but the worst part was that, well, I, I guess I should say this too, is that of course there's plenty of agencies and all this that say, but it's a hundred, it's a hundred times below the safety level, you know, it's not going to be harmful or a thousand times the, the level, you know, the level is yeah. so low that it's not going to harm you. The problem is over in Europe, the safety limit is a hundred times or a thousand times lower <laughs> on a lot of these chemicals. But, but yes, even that aside, the crazy thing to me is that when they, when they do have BPA free products in some of those cases, they use a chemical called bisphenol S. So instead of BP, uh, bisphenol A, they use bisphenol S, BPS, or BPF, or BPAF. I mean, there's a laundry list of these, Bless these, you. Uh, yeah, these analogs, and you know, in other words, they can get around the BPA-free label and yeah. but use something that's literally just as harmful. And there's scientific papers that say that they're just as estrogenic. They all they also act like estrogen in your body, and people think they're okay because they're getting BPA-free. Have you read my best-selling book, Keto Clarity, and still have trouble trying to figure out this ketogenic thing? Then let me introduce you to my latest project called Keto Clarity Academy. Visit the website ketoclarityacademy.com where we're making low-carb simple. This program is designed to help the average everyday person struggling with health issues, weight gain, and just needs a clearer understanding of what keto is all about. Our goal is to simply teach practical ways to implement a whole foods nutritional ketogenic diet for optimizing both weight loss and health. We have various services available to you, including classes on ketogenic diets based on Keto Clarity. We also have one-on-one support and consultation mentoring, as well as a 24-hour texting with an instructor. Again, go to ketoclarityacademy.com and sign up now to find your clarity about keto. Keto Clarity Academy. So why is it that America seems to be way behind the times on yet another issue? I mean, with nutrition, we see the rest of the world kind of turning the the page, so to speak, and understanding a lot of the things that, that I talk about here on this show And yet here we are, another issue with all these artificial estrogens here in America. It seems that they're allowed to kind of roam free carte blanche, whereas the rest of the world says, no, no, no. We recognize how dangerous they are to your overall health. What is it about the United States that we seem to be so far behind the times? Yeah, that's a, that's the question. I actually wrote a whole chapter on this and I thought the editors were going (laughs) to. Yeah, I thought the editors were going to take it out. Because it's not exactly about artificial estrogens. It's more about scientific bias and spin and corporate influence and all this. But the editors, almost all of them came back and said that was their favorite chapter. Yeah. So that was that was interesting because a lot of people don't realize how much corporate influence, especially in this case, that you see with these chemicals. You, basically, the corporations in America have a lot of control over the politics and over the the regulatory boards and even the scientific research can be biased fairly easily. And I'll give you one example. You know, when I publish scientific peer-reviewed papers, which I've done, of course, I choose the people who review my paper 
you literally need to. That's part of the requirement to upload your submission on online now. Mm-hmm. They have these required forms that you fill in. And one of those forms is which five people do you select to review your paper? Which is insane, right? Because you can pick people, of course, that are like-minded, that think the same way you do about carbs or about fats or about counting calories or whatever, and literally publish these papers that, honestly, they're really skewed, and, and you see them in scientific publications, you know, journals. Hmm. So it's, it's really frustrating as a scientist because this stuff should be totally anonymous, and I, I think it might be, I'm hoping they phase that out and I hope it's a generational thing. There's a lot of people in the scientific industry. Counting calories is a great example because yes. there's so so many people that in the scientific world, in my you know in my world, that are that are walking around saying counting calories is the is the way to go. You know that's what, <laughs> that's what it comes down to for weight loss, and it's just not true. And, and a, a great example regarding artificial estrogen is a chemical called atrazine. And a lot of people, surprisingly, haven't heard of atrazine, but it's the second most used herbicide in North America after glyphosate, after Roundup. Yeah, we've heard a lot about glyphosate uh, from people like Dr. Stephanie Seneff has kind of sounded the alarm on that. And even in yeah. California, they've been kind of bringing up legislation to try yeah. to ban Roundup uh, there. So tell us about this uh, chemical. Yeah, atrazine is estrogenic, of course. It acts like estrogen in your body causes all kinds of health problems. Male feminization is what scientists call it. They see it in frogs and animals. Obviously, the infertility, the whole thing, right? How does a frog and, look uh, female, I guess, estrogen? <laughs> yeah. Does well, a no, frog they, grow breasts? I mean, I'm, I'm just, I'm not I'm being funny. I'm just, how does it manifest? Uh, usually in the reproductive organs. Infertility, maybe, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the the ultimate demise. But you see it specifically in terms of the actual organs. They start to change. Even testosterone, of course, right? In men, if you get exposed to these chemicals, your testosterone drops. And that's considered feminization because it's more like a female. And in fact, with with human studies, they see it with, with brain, in the brain and in terms of motivation because... Uh, you know, when you, as you drop your testosterone, as you become exposed to a lot of these chemicals, for some reason in males specifically, you get a more feminine brain uh, fingerprint, you know, in brain studies, mm-hmm. which is really interesting. And, and, and you know, it, it is what it is. It's frustrating. It's not something people want, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's not, it's one of those politically incorrect things to talk about. So you don't usually hear about it, but Oh, I love talking about those kind of things. <laughs> Politically incorrect is my middle name. Well, yeah, I mean, I recently had a doctor tell me that, you know, he loved my book, but this male feminization thing, you know, you can't say it like that. And I said, well, I, I was really careful in my book not to say that because yeah. I just put it on other scientists. I just quoted other scientists word for word, that, and that's what they are calling it. And, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, and one of the things that's in our food supply, and we see it in a lot of protein powders, uh, and of course, if you're a part of the low-fat movement, which a lot of people have been at some point in their history, you've probably consumed this, uh, uh, you know, it, it's and it's out there with the vegetarian and vegan community, and that's soy and the estrogenic yep. properties of that. So. Yep. You know, is there any validity to that, uh, uh, the estrogenic nature of consuming soy products, or uh, is that not a part of what you're talking about with these artificial estrogens? No, for sure. Soy makes my top 10 list. Ah. And uh, there's a 
there's a really great study that went through foods and went through over 100 food items and just looked at phytoestrogen, which means plant estrogens that plants secrete. Yeah. Or hormones that plants secrete that act like estrogen in, in humans. And literally all the food was under 1,000 micrograms of phytoestrogen per 100 grams of food. So just remember the number 1,000. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, chickpeas were nine, right? Wow. And black beans were 12 or something. I mean, just yeah. really low numbers. Soy was over 100,000. Whoa. Yeah. And flax was over 300,000. And most people don't realize that. Um, so soy and flax were the only ones that really made my radar. Is it and, the flax seed or is it the flax oil or a little bit of both? Uh, yeah, well, a little bit of both. But the interesting thing about flax is they have these phytoest- these plant estrogens called lignans. So lignans. L-I- yeah, lignans. It's L-I-G-N-A-N-S. Okay. And your gut bacteria do a pretty pretty good job of breaking those down. So it's kind of assuming you have a healthy gut bacteria. Right. You don't get quite the, uh, you know, the estrogen effect. And soy, soy has that too. You get, they, ha, they have this estrogen called isoflavones. That's the predominant estrogen in right. soy. And yeah, if you have a really healthy gut, you get a lot less estrogen in your blood from uh, soy. But I mean, that's a big risk to be taking. Yeah, most people and, don't and, have a healthy gut. They've compromised it with antibiotics. Yeah. They've compromised it in a lot of ways. Yeah, It's why yeah. we're having autoimmune disease probably on the rise so sharply and we right. could go on and on and on about all the gut health, uh, you know, ramifications of why that's not in order. So that's really interesting. If your gut health is compromised, then the yep. estrogenic effects of things like soy and flax become that much worse. Yeah. And think about all the studies that that are dis- that have discrepancies with soy. You know, there's a study that will come out and say soy causes breast cancer. There's literally studies that say that. And then there's other studies that literally come out and say soy prevents Prevents breast cancer. And breast cancer, by the way, of course, is connected to all of these estrogen chemicals I'm talking about, these artificial estrogens. Yeah. And it's it's up 250 percent since 1980. Mm. So, you know, giving out pink ribbons and, you know, dressing and uh, dressing football players up like newborn baby girls isn't the solution in terms of solving breast cancer, you know. Uh, but I think removing these chemicals and, and especially soy, I mean, soy is being promoted as healthy, which I think is insane. Yes. It's, it's actually good. It's good timing with that that movie. Uh, what the health? Yeah, because, of course, that whole community, the vegan community, they promote soy as healthy. Yep. And the argument that they use is uh, it's a little bit complicated, but it's I can simplify it, I think. And it's basically that. When your body, you've got two different types of estrogen receptors. You have estrogen receptor alpha and beta. And soy specifically binds beta. This is what they argue. And beta has all these good health benefits. Whereas alpha is, you know, is the one that causes, if something binds uh, estrogen receptor alpha, that's where you see the breast cancer and these other health problems. Does that make sense so mm. far? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and but here's the problem with that. I looked at Michael Grieger's video on uh, YouTube, which is, you know, the pro-soy argument. Yeah, the and Nutrition has- Lies website, yeah. Not <laughs> yes. Nutrition Facts. Yeah, yeah go ahead. Yeah. I liked what Rob Wolf said about that. But anyways, uh, yeah, he's, he, this is the argument that he makes, uh, alpha versus beta receptors. Um, the problem is the paper that he cites to, uh, you know, to argue that point 
it's specific it has one study that shows soy activates the estrogen receptor beta which of course he, he promotes and says that look at this this is incredible but then the same exact paper has another they used a different cell type or a different experiment and they showed that in that case it more it activated far far more estrogen receptor alpha in the exact same paper in other <laughs> words there was a huge discrepancy in the same exact paper so of course the authors concluded that it's inconclusive and we need to do more studies but it's not a good argument and you know if you're getting the estrogen in your blood from soy it's a problem in my opinion and the problem with that just like corn in basically all the food supply you've got some derivative of corn literally all strewn throughout the crappy garbage food supply you've got uh you know this these estrogenic properties of soy showing up in all kinds of products that even some people that eat a ketogenic diet may be eating uh, can you name some foods that maybe people are accidentally getting some of these soy uh, and estrogenic uh, compounds into their body? For sure. Yeah. I mean, well, just as a precursor, I think if you ferment the soy, it, it the bacteria, if you use actual fermentation and not some industrial artificial process, right. actual fermentation, the bacteria break down the estrogen in the soy, the phytoestrogen. So it offsets it. Yeah, and, and in fact, even in that same study I was talking about with the food items, the soy sauce was only 149 micrograms of phytoestrogen, whereas soy protein powder, which, yeah. which is supposedly just the protein, that was over 8,000. Mm. And pretty much any other, all, all these other soy products, you know, people talk about, uh, you see soy oils and, I mean, so many products, tofu, all of these other things had really high levels. But anything fermented, you know, you talk about tempeh and miso and natto and you know, soy sauce, all had low levels. So that's worth noting. And people can easily just look at the label and see if they're sneaking soy into anything. And they do. And yeah, because it's hard to hide soy. They have to kind of put S-O-Y, soy protein (laughs) isolate or whatever they're putting in there. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So even the protein isolate, I mean, I think that's insane, but it's the numbers. It's the data. 8,000 micrograms, that's too much soy. And, And so people need to recognize if it's not fermented, and it has the word soy in the ingredients, it's probably not good. They're back and better than ever at JimmyLovesFBomb.com. They are the F-bomb company. Fat is smart fuel. They have made some incredible products for the ketogenic community, and they make keto easier. They have products that include coconut oil, macadamia nut oil, house blend, MCT oil, olive oil, avocado oil, macadamia nut butter with sea salt, macadamia nut butter without salt, coconut butter, macadamia nut butter blend. They also have salted chocolate macadamia nut butter. These are all available to you now at jimmylovesfbomb.com. And if you head on over there now and you use the coupon code jimmylovesfbomb, they'll give you 10% off of your first order. jimmylovesfbomb.com. I've been avoiding soy in products for about four years now, ever since I first heard about the estrogenic properties of soy. And and, and that's an easy one, but some of these yep. other ones are a little harder. Uh, the skincare products, I've, I've switched over a lot of my stuff. I use essential oils for quite yep. a bit of what I do, and I buy some local soap from the farmer's market made from goat's milk. And so you do those little kinds of things to avoid these 
artificial estrogens that just have crept into our food and lifestyle supply. Did this just happen over the past few decades or has this kind of been a slow boiling the frog kind of thing, just adding it more and more and more? Uh, it's a good question. I mean, I I think red food coloring is a good indicator of kind of all of the other, these other chemicals and how much that's, you know, how bad that's gotten. Scientists have petitioned the FDA to make red number three and red number 40 illegal. They've petitioned the FDA over 20 times and it's been rejected. Again, there's a lot of corporate influence. People don't realize these artificial red dyes make these companies a lot of money because the way they're processing the food so much, it comes out looking like brown mush. Yes, it's nasty looking. <laughs> so so yeah, those so things the, have the, the grass certification generally recognized as safe? Oh, sure. I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. And, and, and here's the, again, going back to Europe, which I do a lot in my book, I have a whole section where I kind of compare Europe to the United States with all of these chemicals. In Europe, they actually allow you to use red food, red 40, mm -hmm. but, uh, but they, they make you put on the label that it may cause health problems, like a big warning label. And of course, nobody uses it. I've, I've talked, I've been on podcasts over, over there and, yeah. and they, they all say, no, you never see red 40 on there. They use beet juice. I was going to say, it, there are other ways to make things red without yeah. having to add some fake. What is that stuff made of? What, what, the red dyes, what, what, what is that made of? Well, it's these phenolic compounds. So ultimately, they probably derive from, uh, from petroleum, just like everything else. Yeah. Super cheap, super easy to make in, terms, in a chemistry lab. And it's a waste product at that point. Pretty much, yeah. And that's how Crisco was made. It was just a waste product that, oh, let's put it in the food supply. <laughs> I know. I, I went to a, a talk by a real famous scientist. And uh, this is actually in my next book. I have a book coming out eventually oh, in about it, a year. I want to hear the name. I say it real good here. <laughs> it's called Blubber Brain. Blubber Brain. I love that. <laughs> yeah, thanks. And uh, I have this story in my next book coming out. But um, it's a bit, I, I went to a talk by a scientist. And he was one of the first people to start finding that trans fat is unhealthy because it actually used to be promoted as healthy, right? Yeah. Yeah, which is insane, but that's what... Well, they replaced know, what all they the saturated fats with trans fats, and then they went, yeah. oops, that's even yeah, worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's what's going on with these chemicals that I'm talking about, these artificial estrogens. You know, they're replacing BPA with phthalates and all this, and... They're backpedaling on some of this in terms of the scientific research, but they were actually telling people trans fats are healthy. And then this scientist, this famous scientist came out and said in public, he was giving talks and showing data, you know, not his own biased opinion or anything like that, showing data, saying trans fats appear to be unhealthy. And people were literally scoffing at him, laughing at him, snarling at him on stage at these scientific presentations. Yeah. Which shows you the amount of uh, propaganda. You know, yeah, yeah. From well, these companies. We see the yeah. same thing when you start saying now and, and you will be saying in Blubber Brain about how healthy things like saturated fat are. That's blasphemy exactly. in these same conferences. Yep, it still is, which is unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, the coconut oil thing is just so absurd. Oh, don't get me started on the coconut oil. <laughs> oh, gee, let's take the American Heart Association's current position on coconut oil and saturated fats, and let's do a press release that says, we're still against it. Yeah, Thanks yeah. for the update, but we knew that already. <laughs> 
Oh, it's unbelievable. I, I, yeah, <laughs> I'm sure you've got you've got people doing podcasts on that specific. You could do a whole hour long podcast. Just oh, on, that. on my other podcast, Keto Talk, <laughs> uh, Doctor Will Cole and I uh, pretty much blasted that one a few weeks back. So, <laughs> yep, yep, it so, needs to be done. It's it's absurd. Yeah. When is Blubber Brain coming? Uh, hopefully within within a year for sure. Okay. Because I'm working on, an, I'm kind of working on another book on epigenetics. You're like me, dude. You always has always have book <laughs> ideas in your head, ready to go, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, epigenetics is huge because, uh, you know, one of the big kind of punchlines in my book is that these chemicals impact your epigenetics. The estrogen receptor acts directly on your DNA. Yeah. And that changes marks on your DNA called epigenetics, mm-hmm. epigenetic marks, and those get passed to future generations. I mean, that's the crazy thing. To me, it doesn't matter that much that I'm harming my health, maybe, to some people, right? It matters to me, but some people don't care. Some people are like, well, whatever, you know, I, I'm skinny, so I'm okay, which is absurd, but let's just pretend that's okay. Yeah. The problem is they're passing it on to their kids and predisposing them to health problems, including infertility, obesity, depression, and, and, and cancer, actually, they've specifically shown that cancer can be passed on, you know, the, the predisposition from artificial estrogen exposure. It's insane. Mm-hmm. And not a lot of people know it yet because it's so new in the research. I mean, just think about scientific studies. Most of them are done on these really short timescales. Right. So you don't see a lot of these long-term health impacts with these artificial chemicals. So in general, I prefer to just tell people, Look, if it's artificial, be wary of it because, you know, it usually takes 20 years for these problems to start emerging in the research, unfortunately. Well, and we say very often, just eat real food, but yep. Yep. just just use real products. Just use real ingredients, I think, is a good mantra as well. And yep. that's hard to, it's hard to go wrong when you stick to that principle. Well, except when you get these animals that are exposed to all this mold and all this soy and all these estrogen chemicals like atrazine, right? Just buy and, from the farmer's market. <laughs> exactly. No, but, and and, and, and that skews the scientific research there too, because if bacon stores a bunch of estrogen chemicals, which it does, which pig, you know, most industrial pigs are eating a lot of estrogens, yeah. artificial estrogen, and then you do a scientific study of course, you're going to see health problems. You're going to see depression, obesity, right? The whole thing, cancer. You're going to see increases because that's what you see when you study artificial estrogens. And and the levels are unbelievable. I mean, I got to get the numbers in there really quick because yeah. men have a level of estrogen about 20 nanograms per liter. 20, right? And women, by the way, aren't that much. They aren't that far off. They're between 20 and 400 wow. nanograms per liter, depending on the time of the month, of course. Sure. But here's the crazy thing. Atrazine is just as one random example. I could pull out a ton of them, but atrazine was found in cattle blood. They just tested feedlot corn-fed cows. Mm -hmm. And, of course, corn is sprayed with atrazine. Uh, 700,000 nanograms per liter of atrazine in the blood, which is, you know, obviously you're going to see an estrogenic impact. Just a little. Yeah, 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 when you eat that level. Wow. And I wanted to throw this study at you too, Jimmy, because you'll 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 really appreciate this. Okay. They did a study that a lot of people don't know about because they kind of buried it within the study. They didn't tell they didn't disclaim this in the abstract, but they they tested atrazine on two groups of mice. Exact same food, uh, rats. It was maybe rats, but anyways, exact same food, exact same exercise, everything was the same. The only difference was they gave low dose atrazine to one of the groups in their drinking water. 
and that group became fat. Same because calories. of the estrogen. Yeah, and the crazy thing is, I mean, the calorie, people that talk about calorie counting as if it works, that's the ultimate study to prove that it doesn't work. You know, you put in these chemicals and a lot of people are exposed to it. A lot of people are drinking this in their drinking water and including birth control. That's the other one you see in the drinking water a lot. And it skews the, you know, it changes things. It causes the fat. And the sad part of all this is a lot of people will say, well, those particular conditions are genetic. And, and they're dismissing that it could possibly be uh, an estrogen uh, component to it. And they just kind of dismiss it as, well, it must be genetic. And they move on and they never really dig deeper. So thankfully, people like yourself are digging deeper and you definitely have written a great book about it estrogeneration how estrogenics are making uh, you fat sick and infertile and uh, I can't wait for that blubber brain dude you're definitely coming back on when blubber brain comes out because lots of really good things to talk about there as well before we go we didn't really talk about your 501c3 this international medical research collaborative where you're uh, a nonprofit training yep. and educating medical students and doctors within American hospitals and labs. What what are you training them on? What what are they doing? Well, for the most part, we bring international students over to America. From, yeah. We have uh, we have partnerships with the different universities, and yeah, we just educate them. I mean, educate it's, it's on the American medical system. What what are you educating? Well, I mean, we have to work within the American medical system, which is difficult. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, we're it. definitely. <laughs> We're definitely trying to, uh, you know, teach people the the, the pitfalls and, and and the good technologies, right? I mean, we do have a lot of positive technologies and amazing things, but obviously, I think diet is the weakest point in American medicine and prevention. Oh, it's non-existent. You know, other countries, I don't know how their training is in, in some of these students that come in from other countries, but they probably know aspects of medicine that most of the American uh, medical students just don't understand. Yeah, and unfortunately, they hold up America as the model of, you know, perfection in terms of medicine just because of some of the machines we have and just the sheer volume of research that we do. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of... uh, a lot of debunking that goes on. <laughs> well, you're definitely the man for the job, and I'm really grateful for all the work you're doing. Again, his name, Dr. Anthony J. And uh, check out his website. Uh, it is ajconsultingcompany.com. We'll definitely have a show note uh, section. We'll have the link there at theliveandlowcarbshow.com. But Anthony, thanks so much for joining us here today on the Live and La Vida Low Carb Show. Thanks for having me. I look forward to coming back with Blubber Brain. <laughs> coming up next time on the Live in La Vida Low Carb Show, we'll have an LLVLC Show classic episode with Dr. Detis Karazian. Get show notes for today's episode at theliveinlowcarbshow.com. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review at iTunes. Thanks for listening to the Live in La Vida Low Carb Show. We'll see you next time. Disc of Light.